instead of just jumping into a job description and a job title, you got to get clear on the type of person that's going to be successful in this role and the skills that are needed so that when you are then crafting a job posting, which is essentially just ad copy, you're writing the job to that person who has those skills that wants to do that job. Welcome to Hiring School, a weekly podcast about recruiting for non-recruiters. I'm Jackie Koch, and I have over 15 years of experience prospecting talent and building teams for Fortune 500 companies, startups, and small businesses in all different types of industries. I'm the founder and CEO of People Principles, where I help founders scale and lead their teams with programs, courses, and boutique agency services. My goal is to simplify the hiring and team building process so that you, founders and not so solopreneurs, can implement modern, effective and efficient hiring strategies that help you build the team that you want to help you scale. If you can't seem to find the right job candidates or simply don't know where to start, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Hey, 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 welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today. And today I am bringing to you five mistakes entrepreneurs make when hiring. And I have worked with a lot of different entrepreneurs, hiring managers, founders, and there's some common trends and mistakes that I see them make when it comes to hiring that can lead to having candidates back out, hiring the wrong people and just not great practices to have when you are creating and going through a hiring process. And so today I am going to go through those with you as well as different tools and strategies that you can put into place to try to help combat them or replace them. And really, I hope that you will leave here If you're making any of these mistakes or doing any of these things in the hiring process, you reconsider that changing your approach is a good idea or that the method you're using may not be serving you fully. So let's jump right in. So five mistakes entrepreneurs make when hiring. And these are in not any particular order, I might add. There's not like one ultimate bad one. They're just not great practices. So don't take them as in any specific order. And some of the stuff we've covered a little bit in some prior podcasts, but I really, really want to hit this home because it's so critical to hiring. And as we know, who you hire is the first step to building a really solid business. It matters and it's a big effing deal. So the first mistake that I see people make is really only focusing on a job description. You know, you think about when you're going to hire, you're like, okay, well, actually, I guess the first mistake is you're like, okay, what's the title? What do I need? For some reason, I think the first thing you think you need to figure out is the job title, which definitely needs to be figured out. And titles matter, unfortunately, or fortunately in the process. But your first thought shouldn't be, okay, I need this title and like put something into a bucket based on what the title is. Because then what you end up doing is, okay, I've decided I need to hire an administrative assistant. So then what you do is you Google administrative assistant job description and you get something that somebody else done has written and created not tailored to your business or what your actual needs are of the job. And so where you really should start first is getting clear on what it is that needs to be done in your business. Make a list of all of the things that 
need support or need to be done or need to be implemented for the first time in your business? What are the responsibilities this person needs to handle? And then go through and figure out, okay, if somebody's handling all of these things, what would an appropriate job title be for this? What should we call this role? And that can help inform the actual title that you need. But things that go into titles also include the level of experience, right? Sometimes you need a senior administrative assistant or an executive assistant. A chief of staff even, right, can be a really, really impactful administrative role. But you got to get clear on what it is you need the person to do before you can even think about what that title is. And then you want to get clear on who it is that you're hiring. You want to figure out the skills and expertise that this person needs to have to be successful in the job, as well as the core values that you really want everyone in your team to have. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you read the book, The Advantage, and the beginning. I see that it's in the first three chapters. There's a core values exercise, and it was so enlightening to me, right? You should only have three core values, three to five. I can't remember the exact number, but it should not be like 10. Those are not great. So I highly recommend reading that book. But going back to the mistake, right, is instead of just jumping into a job description and a job title, you got to get clear on the type of person that's going to be successful in this role and the skills that are needed so that when you are then crafting a job posting, which is essentially just ad copy, you're writing the job to that person who has those skills that wants to do that job. You're basically enticing somebody to want to come work for you versus just regurgitating a job description that you Googled. So that's the first mistake that entrepreneurs make. They only focus on a job description and a title. So you're not going to do that. You're armed with some tools and strategies to to combat that. So congrats. You're going to pass over mistake number one. The second is that they don't create an interview plan before they start meeting with people. So what typically happens is they'll post a job. They're going to start meeting with people and they're like, okay, do I like this person? Okay, great. So I like them. I have some concerns on XYZ. I wonder who they should meet with next, or I wonder how I should assess the next step. So they've already like interviewed, let's say 10 people. And now they're trying to figure out what the next step should be after they met with them. And it's just not helpful because it delays the process. It doesn't allow you to show up to the interview prepared and confident and knowing that you're going to be interviewing for certain things, right? It doesn't help you know what you're interviewing for in every step of the process. And it also can increase bias because what oftentimes happens is if you haven't set up an interview plan ahead of time, and what that means is determining how many interviews is this person going to go through or this role, not person, because you don't want to individualize an interview plan per person. You want an interview plan per job, right? So you ahead of time, you go through and you're like, okay, for the administrative assistant role, they're going to meet with X person, X person, and these two people via video and then come on for an onsite interview. That's an example. And during the first interview, this is what we're going to assess for. During the second interview, this is what we're going to assess for. And during the on-site, this is what we're going to do. And based on who's on my team, 
this person would be really great at the onsite interview because X, Y, Z. And they would be really good at assessing these qualities because they're really great at these qualities. So you want to think about that ahead of time and assign and develop a hiring, a hiring team and an interview plan before you start actually talking to people so that you go to your team members and you're like, hey, Sally, we're hiring for this role and I really want you involved in the process. And this is what I'm going to have you interview them at this stage. And this is what I want you to assess for. And the reason why I want you to assess for is because X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. So think about what you're doing here. You're setting them up for success so they know what to look for in the interview. You're also engaging them in the process so that there's buy-in when you go to make a hire. They know they had a say. So they're going to likely be more inclined to help this new hire be successful. And you're giving them a compliment. You're helping them feel a part of the team. You're giving them a development opportunity. What if they've never interviewed before, right? This is a great opportunity for them to to step into something new. So it's so critical that you do that. And it's so critical that you do it before you start talking to people. My biggest frustration is when I interview someone and I'm like, okay, they're going to move to the next step or a hiring manager or a client of mine I'm working with will be like, okay, I met with so-and-so. I'm concerned about their ability to do X, Y, Z. So I want them to meet with Bill. And then the next candidate for the same job has a slightly different thing that they're curious about. So they have them meet with a different person. And the problem with that is that those people haven't met with all of the candidates in order to provide like unbiased, very objective feedback. So it's so critical. You need to create an interview plan and a hiring team before you start meeting with people. And then the third mistake that entrepreneurs make when hiring is they make their application process so long. And I wish you could see me air quoting to weed out the people who are not really interested or committed. I think this is such old school mentality. The best candidates are oftentimes the ones that currently have jobs, which means they don't have a lot of time to seek out a new job or to spend time in the application process. There's some really interesting studies that I I found when I was researching for this episode. There is a company called AppCast, and they found that 92% of applicants do not complete the application. If you click you click on the apply now button. You know how sometimes like if you've ever applied for a job, you'll see the job posting and it'll say apply now. And then it leads to a new window where you have to like create a username and a password and answer a bunch of questions, upload your resume, and then recreate your experience in the application process. 92% of applicants will not complete that. So this typically happens with like legacy recruiting systems for very large companies. Most smaller companies and probably most of you listening to this don't have that. But I do think it's an interesting stat to keep in mind because you don't want your application process to be cumbersome. Another study from a different company, a company called InFlight, said that the average application takes 51 clicks. That is just ridiculous. They should not have to click on something 51 times. You really, really, really need to create an intentional hiring process 
and make it easy for people to express interest. We live in a world where that's just the reality and that no longer is an indicator on whether or not somebody is committed or really interested in your company. It's not an indicator. And I wish I could say it was, but it's not. There's other things you can do as a second step in the process that can be significantly more effective. And also, if you think about it, there's so many jobs out there and so many people looking for jobs. I don't know if you've ever been a job seeker, but I have. And I've sent out massive amounts of applications to find a new job sometimes, and I never hear back ever. And so when I have been looking for a new job for a while, after I've been doing that and never hearing back, if I come to a company that the application process is like 15, 20 questions, I may not apply, to be honest, because I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm going to spend all of this time filling out these application questions and nobody's going to get back to me. It's deflating and it's not encouraging. So make the initial interest pretty simple, but intentional. So create maybe three questions that you have them answer. You know, do they answer them thoughtfully? Does it seem like they've actually kind of considered the company and put some thought into it and not just like mass applying? And then you can weed through those and identify, you know, maybe the top 20, depending on how many applicants you're getting, send them another step, right? So maybe it's something I just did for a client was we're hiring for a social media role and they have to be very good at being on camera and creating video content for social media. So what I did was I filmed a loom of myself so that they could see my face and I explained who I was. So they knew I was a real human reviewing their application and not just a robot. And I asked them to send me a loom back, a loom video back answering three questions. And I did it because I wanted to see if they were actually going to complete it if they could figure out Loom, if they didn't know how to do it. And I also wanted to assess their energy level, quite honestly, in the video. And so I wish I knew those numbers. I think I looked at them yesterday for my client. And I think I had sent that request to about 21 people and only eight, I believe, had actually responded and done it. And of that eight, I was able to narrow it down to four people to do video interviews with as a next step. It's a little bit more work because you have to review applications, but it also helps you get more meaningful responses. And it actually helps like the great candidates be like, okay, great. A human looked at my application, reached out to me. Now I'll take time to do this next step because I know they're actually really interested. So that's the third mistake is you make your application process too long because you think it weeds out the people who are really not committed. And the other thing I'll say is if you try to do too much automation in this, like candidates sense the automation and they're humans looking for a job, a human job. So put some more human back into your process and make it more personalized. You're going to see so much better results from that. The fourth mistake that you make when hiring as an entrepreneur or founder, or quite frankly, any kind of hiring manager is they meet somebody and they hold off on making a decision until they see who else is out there or meet more people. And that is terrible, terrible, terrible advice. That's just a terrible way of looking at it. You need to get clear on who you're looking for and what you need. What does success look like? Create a scorecard in which you're going to evaluate all of the people you interview and then score against it. 
and make your decision to move forward based on the scorecard and not the other people that you've met. Because while you're spending your time looking for somebody who might be a little bit better or assessing the market, the person that you really liked is going to accept another job. It's just the reality. And it's going to make them feel like you, you're not interested in them. It delays the process. It is just very, very, very bad practice. You want to adopt the 80-20 rule. You want to move forward with candidates who have 80% of the scorecard because quite honestly, you can teach the majority of skills. There's only a few really core things that you're unable to teach. And so really adopt the 80-20 rule when you're looking at your role scorecard what are the non-negotiables? And if there are, you know, two or three of those, great. Those can be knockouts and non-negotiables, but everything else, there's going to be some give and take. So adopt the 80-20 rule and make sure you know what success looks like. And you're evaluating your experience with the candidate based on the scorecard, not other people. I'm telling you, it's a terrible strategy. You're going to lose. You're going to wait too long. That person's going to find a job. You're going to have spent time interviewing five other people and then decided, you know what, let's go back and let's interview this person again. They're, and they're going to be like, oh, sorry, I found another job. <laughs> they're not available. So do not make that mistake of waiting to make a decision on a candidate until you meet some more people. And then the fifth mistake is they want to try before they buy. I can't even tell you how many times clients of mine have been, well, let's start them out on a 90-day trial to see if they're a good fit. I understand the sentiment of that. It is scary making a hire. It is scary bringing someone on the team. You will never know the true impact that person's going to have until they're in the seat or who they are until they're in the seat. But the try before you buy doesn't really make any sense, to be honest especially if you're in an at-will employment state, which is where basically you can terminate somebody for any reason at any time, as long as it's not for discrimination or, you know, some of the protected things. It makes no sense because a 90-day probationary period is basically made up. It literally does nothing. It really just has a little bit of fear for the candidate. And also great candidates probably have jobs and they're not going to leave their full-time steady job for a 90-day trial to potentially become full-time for you. They're just not. So you have the ability to just let somebody go. I know that sounds terrible or maybe not, but I do think we need to normalize that it's... I mean, one, if you're following all of the stuff that I talk about on this podcast, you're very likely going to make a good hire. So it's not going to happen. But... Also, just know that if you hire somebody and in 90 days, it's clear it's not working out, you can end their position, you can terminate their job without it being any sort of a violation. It's not against the law to do that, assuming you have the right contracts in place. If, if you write an employment contract that is actually a binding contract that says you're going to employ them for a certain duration of time, that's tricky. But that's why you you need to be working with people like me and or a legal team to know that and to make sure you have the right stuff in place to protect your business. So those are the five mistakes that entrepreneurs make when hiring. I'll go over them one more time. You only focus on a job description and a title. Entrepreneurs don't create an interview plan before they start meeting with people. You got to do that. An interview plan and a hiring team. 
do not make your application process so long to weed out the people who are really committed. That is old news. That is old school way of thinking. Get with the times, get with the times, get with the times. Do not hold off on making a decision about a candidate until you meet more people or see who else is out there. Terrible, terrible, terrible plan. You got to get clear on what good is and you got to assess the person you're meeting based on what good is and be good at making decisions and be okay with hiring somebody when they only have 80% of the skills and stop trying before you buy. Unless it's some sort of arrangement where the person is a freelancer. I mean, there might be some scenarios in which this is a good idea, but if you're looking to hire a full-time job, the temp to hire route typically is not going to benefit your business. So what I'm so excited to share with you is that hiring school, the course is complete. And we have a full, full course that teaches you all of these things. It puts you through a crash boot camp on how to create your hiring machine. You'll go through this course once, you will set up your hiring process, you will make a great hire, and you will have a repeatable process and know that you're doing it right. Know that you are making great hiring decisions right away. So you can check that out. I'm so excited it's launched. You can start it at any time. It's at hiringschool.com forward slash join. And I am so excited to walk you through the process and share with you all of my templates, all of my tools that my team uses when we hire for our clients. And if you're ever... Maybe you're a listener who has no time to do your own hiring and you need some help. We also do recruiting for you. So we do have a whole list of done for your recruiting projects that we will do, certain roles that we work on and we're really great at. And you can check that out as well at hiringschool.com or shoot me a DM. So thank you so much for tuning in and make sure that you follow us on Instagram under my parents' business account called People Principles and excited to chat with you next week. Oh, please, if you could, if you like this episode or you know somebody who has made these mistakes, share it with them. Take a screenshot, share us on social media and help other entrepreneurs get out of these this rut of hiring and into making great hiring decisions. So thanks for tuning in and we'll check you next week. Bye.